This podcast is brought to you by Reynolds and Reynolds, the industry leader in automotive technology. Find out what Reynolds is up to in the digital retailing space by visiting reyrey.com slash register. That's R-E-Y, slash register. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Daily Drive. I'm Steve Schmidt with Automotive News. It's Wednesday, May 5th. Today in the lead-up to this weekend's episode of Saturday Night Live, hosted by Tesla CEO Elon Musk, we continue our Daily Drive Rewind with Part 3 of the conversation between the CEO and automotive news publisher Jason Stein, first aired in August of last year. In this final segment of the exclusive interview, Musk defends the name of Tesla's autopilot driver assist system. He also weighs in on his management style, Tesla's lawsuit against EV rival Rivian, and restructuring the company as it looks to build more cars in the future. Here's part three of our discussion with Tesla CEO, Elon Musk. Let me ask you about um, your, manage- your management style. Tesla versus SpaceX. Um, how do you compare the, your management style on, on, on those two entities? And, and do you ever see yourself taking a more operationally hands-off stance with Tesla? I'm guessing not, but... I mean, eventually, yes. I mean, I'll be like super old and will not be able to do it because I, I will be infirm. Um, but I think for, for some number of years in the future, um, I will continue to run the company in a way that I think enables us to make great products that people love and provide those products all around the world. And, um, yeah, and you know, just kind of complete the roadmap that we've laid out for many years um i mean it's i think it's probably fair to say that you know i must be doing something right you know the from you know as far as my management style is concerned uh it tells us worth twice as much as the rest of the u.s automotive industry combined so you know must be doing something right do you think about succession um, yeah, I mean, not a lot, but yeah, at some point, obviously, no, nobody lives forever. And, uh, so somebody will need to take over Tesla at some point. That's not me. Does the- I mean, I'm not thinking about that right now. I'm thinking about getting things done. We've got to get, you know, Berlin, Giga Berlin, Giga Texas going and, you know, get, get Cybertruck into production. Um, yeah, it's a lot, a lot of stuff. Does the company need to be structured differently as it grows and becomes a bit of a different automaker? Yeah, for sure. The company structure will have to change and evolve as it gets bigger. It's just like a, it's just like a, the you know, just like a creature. Like you know, when a human starts out, a human starts out as one cell, and then a bunch of cells, and then those cells can communicate by osmosis. Um, but then you know, you start getting organ differentiation. Um, you start sprouting arms and legs, and and then like you sprout a tail, and hopefully a tail disappears, and 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 then you start having a circulatory system and a heartbeat and um, a nervous system for communication, um, and so so you you, you kind of need to kind of reinvent the company and restructure the company because what worked at a small scale does not work at a large scale. Like a company of sixty thousand people can't communicate. By osmosis, <laughs> and sure. So, yeah, you started to have to restructure the company and reinvent the company. Uh, probably with I don't know every 
at least every order of magnitude of output, you know? So if you go from, maybe it's every half order of magnitude, but at least every order of magnitude. So if you go from making 20,000 cars a year to 200,000 cars a year, then you, 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 those are different companies. You know, one's doing 10 times as much as the other. It's going to need a lot more uh, systems in place and a lot more sophistication than, than a smaller company. Um, you know, I think like part of what you know, Tesla's gotten some criticism over the years for, you know, sort of management attrition or whatever, but it's like the, the, I think our ten, our retention of, of top talent has actually been, been excellent, but we have had to restructure the company because it, we've, we've gone through so many orders of magnitude of, of growth. Um, or just think of it in terms of people, you know, going from five people to 500 people to 5,000 people to 50,000 people, you, there's going to be ra- radical restructuring needed at, at least at every order of magnitude, if not more frequently. Um, and then, you know, <laughs> we, we're relentlessly recruited um, from both the technology industry and the automotive industry. Because um, you know, I, I don't know, they want some like, Tesla pixie dust or something, you know, we have the pixie dust problem. It's like, Oh, you worked at Tesla and Tesla is the most valuable car company in the world. Well, you must be a genius. So we're going to hire you. And can you make this other company like Tesla too? As seems to be the general idea. Is is Rivian poaching your employees as you have alleged in a lawsuit? (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Of course. To, to what extent? Um, I mean, it's not like a massive percentage, but it's. I mean, they're definitely. They're, you know, they've they've taken a bunch of Tesla intellectual property on thumb drives and on computers and stuff. It's not cool to steal our IP um, and to viol- and for people to violate their you know, confidentiality agreements and, and non-solicited reco- agreements, that kind of thing. Um, so yeah, and they're doing bad things, so we sued them. How about just a question on regulatory credits? Uh, can you give any insight into where those credits are coming from? I mean, I think that's in our uh, disclosures. Um, more than that, we will not provide. Okay. All right. I, mean, I don't know what's in our disclosures, but I, I don't see any obvious reason to provide more detail than what is required. Okay. How about the insurance business? Um, I mean, there's one thing I can say in, in principle, which is that that we would not be able to get these credits if other car companies just made electric cars that were compelling. Right. So that's the only reason we're getting these credits. You, you see that continuing? Yeah. I mean, at least for some period of time, I don't know. If, if the, uh, the, the, the thing that would make it stop I stopped getting credits from, from these other car companies. I think it's important to appreciate that we're getting these credits from other car companies, not from the government, meaning all those other car companies would have to do is make compelling electric cars and we would not be able to get credits. I don't think people understand this. Um, and so it's really just your guess is as good as mine. If they make compelling electric cars, then we will not be able to sell credits to them. Fair enough. Um, autopilot, uh, German court had just declared that the autopilot name was misleading. What was your reaction to that? Well, I should probably rename the Autobahn too. 
Because <laughs> people might, mis- might think your car just works automatically on the Autobahn. <laughs> do, you, do you think that the autopilot name needs to be rethought? No, no absolutely not. That's ridiculous. It's literally named after autopilot from, from aircraft. And all that does is maintain altitude and heading. There are some... There are some consumers, and I'm, I'm sure you've seen the videos of folks sleeping behind the wheel or sitting in the back seat because they're on autopilot. Does it need some clarity? No. The, they obviously know. This is, have you used autopilot? Yes. Okay. Um, the, the, the people who... And I didn't fall asleep. You do fall asleep? No, I did not. Oh, you didn't fall asleep, yeah. Um, the, the people, if people misuse autopilot, it's not because they're they're new to it and don't understand it. The people who first use autopilot are extremely paranoid about it. So um, it's not it's not like oh wow, if you just had used a different name, wow, I really have uh, you know treated it differently. The, the the people that that tend to what what tends to happen is is if if, if the something goes wrong with autopilot, it is because somebody is is misusing it and using it directly contrary to what we have, we've said it should be used. Um, so it's not, uh, you know, and they've ignored the car beeping at them, flashing warnings, doing everything it can possibly do. Um, it's, it's not, it's not, it's not like some newbie who just got the car and based on the, the name, uh, thought they would instantly trust this car to drive itself. That's the that's the idiotic premise of get, being upset with the autopilot name. Idiotic. Thanks for listening. We'll be right back with more. Consumers today are pushing for remote and virtual experiences. What you may think is a simple fix by going fully online quickly results in an even bigger problem. Loss of control and shrinking profit margins. The question isn't if you go online, it's how. How is it done in a way that you don't sacrifice the success of your overall dealership? The answer? Tune in starting May 17th for a virtual summit hosted by Reynolds & Reynolds. You will gain educational insight into all things digital retail, challenges to the status quo, how to retail anywhere without sacrificing anything, and the true impact on dealerships just like yours through one-on-one dealer conversations. This event is on us and on demand. Grab a seat while they last. We hope to see you there. To register for the virtual summit and learn more about retail anywhere, visit reyrey.com slash register. That's R-E-Y, R-E-Y dot com slash register. Let me ask you a question. Uh, you're, You're 49 and 11 months from... Um, next week, you're going to be 50. What do you want to accomplish by the time you're 50? You mean in one year? Right. Um, well, I mean, hopefully we get the, for Tesla standpoint, get the uh, Giga Berlin and Giga Texas operating next year. That'd be cool. And get, I don't know, maybe we'll be lucky enough to get Cybertruck uh, into production. Um, towards the end of next year, that'd be cool. But I don't know if that's if we will succeed or not. But that's you know, 
that's worth trying. Um, Let me ask it a different way. In about five years, you're going to be 55. What do you want to? What do you want to? What do you want to accomplish by the time you're 55? I think I think we, I think I think we want to have, have reached volume production in all the products that have been announced, and maybe a few that that haven't, and have the company be just a you know operating in a very solid way that is robust. That even if, if even if I were to die, the company would still do really well for a long time. That's a fair goal. Yeah. Um, we, we, we want to try to make a real dent in sustainable transport and sustainable energy production and storage. And what would that look like? Um, well, like this is very much a long-term aspiration, but so I'm not saying this is happening in five years. That probably isn't, but... I think if we could replace 1% of the global fleet per year, that would be, I could say, okay, we're moving the needle on global, you know, on sustainable transport. Um, cause there's two, so there's 2 billion cars and trucks in the world. If we were to make 20 million a year, that would, that would be 1%, or maybe a little more than 1% of, of the vehicles in the world, uh, or change, changing 1% of the fleet per year. So I think we want to try to aim for 20 million cars a year in order to change at least 1% of the fleet per year. Can I ask you about COVID? How did it affect your life? Um, I mean, we, we, I've seen, kind of seen the COVID movie twice. You know, first it sort of play out in China. Um, and, uh, and I actually thought it was handled pretty well in China. Uh, and, and Chinese economy is really back up at full steam and even better than it was before. Um, I think it's been much more haphazard here in the U.S., um, and, um, and and just very kind of random how things were, you know, what rules were put in place when by different regions, by different states, um, and in the case of California, even by the county, um, you know, and, and, and like there's not really any good rhyme or reason to it. It's 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 still a, it's still a bit of a hodgepodge in, in the U.S. right now. Um, but obviously, overall, we, we, we soldiered through it, and the, the team's done great. Um, you know, you know, we've been, except for, you know, a few weeks downtime in China and, I don't know, like six, seven weeks downtime in the U.S., uh, you know, we've been manufacturing at full steam this entire time. Um, and, uh, you know, people are healthy and doing well. Um no serious issues. Did you manage to keep things running? Uh, I mean, for yourself personally, did you did you manage to continue working? Were you were you in a lockdown situation? Well, like I said, you know, we China was shut down for two, two maybe three weeks in production. U.S. was six or seven weeks. Um, but I guess I mean for yeah. I guess I mean for you personally. Nope, I was not locked down at all. Full speed ahead. Yeah, I went to work every day. Yeah, yeah. I was out in the factory floor, no problem. Or, you know. Sure. I'm not sitting in some ivory tower, I'm walking the factory floor. Sure, sure. How did your kids fare with it? Uh, I guess they're doing okay. They're like a little, 
Um, I mean, I think people are generally just going a little stir crazy, not seeing friends and family that much. Um, but overall, you know, like just being cooped up at home kind of thing. Sure. You know, the whole country kind of had, you know, kind of feeling it. It's, humans are social creatures and it feels weird to get cooped up in your, in your house for a long period of time. Um, not see friends, friends that, as, I mean, there are a lot of friends. I mean, I have a whole bunch of friends. I haven't seen them since February because they're, you know, quarantine, um, best parts of the country and the world. Yeah, for sure. Um, just a couple more things. Um, the the Mach E that Ford owns the rights to. Have you given up on trying to get those naming rights? And are you surprised or frustrated that they haven't given you the name to use yet? No, we've given up on that. That's fine. We're you know three is kind of like E on the internet, you know, so it's close enough. I think it actually kind of looks cooler. S three X S three X Y is cooler than S E X Y. Uh, um, does anybody tell you no? Who tells you no? You can't do something. Nobody ever tells me no. Nobody would dare tell me no. They'll <laughs> 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 strike them with lightning. Um, it, no, I, I mean, people t- I, tell me I'm wrong all the time. I mean, and I mean, certainly, uh, you know, if you ever, if you ever want to somebody to tell you that you're a giant pile of shit, uh, just go on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> you're a festering pile of shit, the worst human being we have ever encountered. And they're like, like engaged in psychological warfare, like taunt you in every possible way. <laughs> <laughs> right. It's a dangerous thing. Yeah. That's <laughs> the kind of stuff you'd never say if you're impressive. Um, but I think, uh, on the from a management standpoint, um, I mean, I repeatedly say to the team, like, you know, everyone's wrong some of the time. Include, yeah, obviously, I'm no exception. And the the first the first mistakes I'd like to correct are the ones that I make. And so, please identify when when I've said something incorrect, or if you think I said something incorrect, um, and definitely don't do it just because I said it. Um, and moreover tell the rest of your team that about, about you so that it propagates all the way down the management chain, you know? So, the, the, yeah, it's like managers should always take the attitude that they're there to serve their team. The team's not there to serve them. They're there to serve their team, and, you know, and, and help them be as effective as possible. Um, and just always remember we're, we're always, we're, it's not a question of as it's not it's not a question of if you're wrong. It's just how wrong are you, and can you be slightly less wrong from one day to the next? If you can just even be slightly less wrong from one day to the next, that's a big victory. Most of the time, you won't succeed. It's been too long, five and a half years. Let's not wait another five and a half before we do this again. Yeah. Sure, <laughs> we should do it at least every two years. <laughs> at least, at least every two years. Sure, great. Sounds good. Let's do it every two years. Thanks, Elon. All right, thanks, Jason. That's Daily Drive for Wednesday, May 5th. We hope you've enjoyed this Daily Drive Rewind. I'll be back tomorrow and Friday with new shows that will continue to explore the implications of the ongoing semiconductor shortage. 
In the meantime, go to autonews.com for breaking news and autonews.com forward slash daily drive to catch up on all of our episodes of the podcast. Have an amazing Wednesday and try to bring a little sunshine into somebody's life today. I'll be back tomorrow.